Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reid, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June 2024. Good luck. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marsland and this is The Leader Weekends. Every Saturday we bring you a bonus episode of our business podcast, How to Be a CEO. This is a cut-down version, so hit the link in the show notes to hear the full thing or search your podcast provider for How to Be a CEO. There are new episodes every Monday morning. Sometimes launching a business is about tinkering around in your garage or on the kitchen table, selling stuff to friends and family and growing from there. Sometimes it's about driving a tank onto the field and saying this belongs to us now. I've still got the, the first deck that our then CEO James said, I think it was called The Star, and it was just like a bunch of bullet points about what we were trying to do, like very, very top line. So from day one, we've had that scale of ambition, that breadth of ambition. And to do that, of course, you need you need to be well financed. Joe McCoskey was one of the team tasked with creating London-based Zone. He's now its North America CEO. The sports streamer burst onto the scene in 2016 with launches in Japan and Germany. By 2020, it was in over 200 international markets. And there was five of us in the room trying to work out what we we're going to do with this thing. And there's a group of us who are still around. Like half, you know, more than half of that team is still in the business. So. That wouldn't be the case if we pivoted and lost all of our character and gone to this big sort of corporate machine. It's definitely, it definitely retains a disruptive energy and a disrupt, disruptive spirit that makes it a very engaging place to work, for sure. I'm David Marlson from the Evening Standard. Sports is a brutal industry, whether you're playing the game or filming it. It's cutthroat, a competitive markets packed with legacy players who have huge bank accounts and the costs rise every year. So do audience expectations. It's not an easy place for newcomers. A lot don't survive. So when we meet Joe, the first thing I want to know is why try in the first place? Well, yeah, look, I think the context of where the zone came from is is really relevant in that. And also the opportunity that we saw um, ahead of the market um, around the, the, the sort of revolution that streaming was was bringing to other entertainment industries. If you consider sort of late 2014, early 2015, Spotify and Netflix in different entertainment verticals, being obviously music and entertainment television, were not the established businesses they are now, but they were pretty well into their journey and were showing great signs of of success in terms of, you know, growing their customer bases, growing their revenues, growing their profitability or their journey towards profitability. The question was asked of, of the leadership, why is sport not embracing at this time? 
um, streaming tech in, in the way that music and entertainment television had. And over the course of sort of 12, 18 months, a small group of us within Perform Group did the homework, got on whiteboards, a lot of research, a lot of, lot of trips to, to various parts of the world, a lot of conversations with rights holders to establish where they would like to see disruption happen. And whatever way you sliced and diced the data, a couple of countries came out on top of that as, as, as making sense to, for, for launch markets. And obviously the scale of investment since that point has been significant. Uh, we've proven that the model can work. We've proven an ability to acquire premium rights in major media markets of the world. Um, we've built a successful business. So with that comes you know, further investment and, and further acceleration of the model. And we're now established as the leading global sports broadcast OTT platform and, and in sports broadcasting more broadly, a very established major global player. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a very busy, very exciting six or seven years, but we're now a, yeah, a very established sports broadcasting business. Yeah, you are established now, but in those initial conversations when you were going out to the rights holders, was there as much a conversation about listen, trust us, this is how this is going to work and it will work as much as we can give you this much money to buy these rights. How protective were they in those initial conversations about what could be achieved? Rights holders have different considerations. Not all of them behave in the same way and how each of them behave in different markets and at different times of their, you know, their growth in those markets. Economics are clearly a major part of any of those conversations, right? Um, especially for a new entrant, you have to, you know, bit like a nightclub, you have to pay to get in, right? <laughs> so we definitely had to demonstrate financial security. We had to demonstrate that we were well-backed and we were lucky to be well-backed. But I think in those in those instances, you have to remember, we, we're presenting not just a new business in this space, we were presenting to these rights holders an entirely new model for how to trade and broadcast their content. We were saying streaming is the way forward. Don't sell your content to a traditional linear sports broadcaster um, sell it to us and we'll reach a bigger audience. It will take us some time. We'll, we'll establish new relationships with new consumers and, and that will benefit both of us. So it was probably a 50-50 at that point, you know, educating a lot of these rights holders. Some of them are more sophisticated than others at that point in terms of understanding streaming. The domestic players in the bigger markets, the American rights holders, the British rights holders, the major European um, domestic soccer leagues, for example, they'd done their homework. They knew streaming was coming, but we were the first mover. And so we had, we had the responsibility of educating them and painting them a picture of why it worked for them in the long term. Um, so alongside the money, it was definitely, that was part of it for sure. Okay, let's take a break. And while we're doing that, hit the follow button on your podcast provider. We'll see you after these. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. 
The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Because once you've got those rights, now you have to get the audience. How do you make as big a splash as possible in that market? Again, one of the most competitive in the world globally, really hard to pick up an audience. How do you get people to come to a company like yours? You have to run efficient and effective marketing campaigns and brand campaigns. And that differs how you do that and how you execute that differs hugely in in different markets. I mean, Japan is not the easiest place for a British business to go and launch its brand new disruptive product in for a whole number of reasons. And I was lucky enough to spend two years establishing and running the Design Japan business. It, it behaves from a consumer behavior perspective and a business culture perspective very differently to the markets that we had done most of our business in. We were lucky that Perform Group had established a, a small advertising business, smallish advertising business in Japan in the previous sort of decades. We had an established team who knew, you know, how to operate around Japan. We were asking them clearly to do a very different task, but tailoring the design brand and the design marketing messages to work in each of those countries was was a big challenge. I think the theme, although it was executed differently, the theme of our launch marketing as we entered new markets was it was quite fun. It was tongue in cheek. It was disruptive. It was representative of the sort of spirit and DNA of our brand, which despite now being a more mature business, we maintain a lot of that in in the way that we go about our business. We sort of retain a startup disruptive energy across the business. So, yeah, that's, I think, a consistent thing. There has been a bit of swagger to DAZN's marketing. I mean, you talked there about how it reflects the company. Does a company like yours have a personality. I like to think so. Yeah, I think it definitely does. And I think the culture of the company is distinctly different to the, the rest of the sports broadcasting industry. So we're very lucky to work in it. And and, and obviously, look, leadership's changed since we launched and it's become a bigger business. The stakes are higher. Of course, the business grows up. And of course, there's a maturity that comes with that. You know, I've been with Perform since 2011. I've been with DAZN since before it was called DAZN when there was five of us in the room um, trying to work out what we we're going to do with this thing. And there's a group of us who are still around. Like half, you know, more than half of that team is still in the business. So that wouldn't be the case if we pivoted and lost all of our character and gone to this big sort of corporate machine. It's definitely it retains a disruptive energy and a disruptive spirit that makes it a very engaging place to work for sure. Obviously, the, the, there's a financial bottom line to growing up a sport that has a smaller kind of audience and then building that up to something bigger. But do you feel a kind of responsibility? for it as well do you feel like you have a responsibility to that sport to its fans to also i guess protect it as it grows yeah for sure but i think our primary responsibility is to make good business deals and grow our business sustainably um i think for too long there's been a lot of virtue signaling around women's sport you know it's the right thing to do if we're going to buy men's football we should also do x and y women's football that isn't sustainable and the public interest in efforts like that isn't retained. We invest in women's sport and we invest in crossover boxing because they're both good business investments. And that's what our shareholders want us to do. There's no direction coming from our shareholders, our board to say, you know, invest in things that look good and make the brand look good and are effectively 
charity projects. We don't, we're not in the business of doing that. We have a responsibility to our partners for sure to shepherd their content and produce their content, present it in a, in a, in a professional way, in a, in, a, in a way that is consistent with growing the audience and growing the interest. But fundamentally, our, our primary interest is in growing our profitability. And we invest in those two areas uh, because they help that, they're consistent with that. That was Joe Mikowski from DAZN. For more news, interviews, news and analysis, go to standard.co.uk forward slash business or pick up the Evening Standard newspaper. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.